personal dimension when your own flesh and blood leaves home to risk his life for our country. With Governor Palin, the issues converge in a way that transcends rhetoric and becomes reality. She has experienced all the dilemmas we all live with in everyday life. Pick any issue. Homosexual marriage. She is against it. But her first act as governor of Alaska was to veto legislation that would have denied state-funded health benefits for gay partners. Or oil drilling. She is for it, even in the Alaska National Wildlife Refuge, and even though she loves the great outdoors as a hunter. Earmarks? She helped scuttle the infamous Bridge to Nowhere. But it also seems that as a small-town mayor, she hired lobbyists to help secure millions in federal dollars to benefit her community. Like all of us, she wrestles with her own convictions. Every flashpoint in American politics and culture seems to come together in this woman from Alaska. I do not believe Christian leaders should make partisan endorsements, so I am not telling you how to vote. But I am aware that Sarah Palin's leadership offers a breath of fresh air to the often stagnant political world of competing agendas and partisan loyalties. Why? because she personally struggles with the same tensions that affect all of us and maintains her commitment to convictions. In Sarah Palin, A New Kind of Leader, Joe Hilly makes the case that Palin's leadership exemplifies a new style of political leader, one grounded by her faith while riding the winds of change. If she is elected, all sides can agree there will be change in Washington. Chapter 1. From Wasilla to Washington I was just your average hockey mom and signed up for the PTA because I wanted to make my kids' public education better. Sarah Palin History never looks like history when you are living through it. John W. Gardner Outside the Nutter Center at Wright State University, the sky was clear and blue the air hot and humid. Long lines of McCain supporters stretched from the entry doors down the sidewalks and across the parking lot. Two and three abreast they waited, hoping for a chance to get inside the building. Around them, vendors with pushcarts hawked their wares, selling McCain T-shirts, bumper stickers, and assorted campaign items. Inside the Nutter Center, home of the Wright State Raiders basketball team, a loud and boisterous crowd packed every available seat. They had been gathered there since the doors opened three hours earlier. Sitting shoulder to shoulder, they waited for the candidate to arrive. Restless, nervous, and pensive, their voices settled over the arena in a collective murmur. At noon, the lights went down and the arena turned dark. The crowd gave a spontaneous gasp in response. Then loudspeakers, suspended from a scoring gondola above center court, blared music at a deafening volume. In the darkness, the crowd waved glow sticks they had been handed at the door when they arrived. The scene looked and sounded like a rock concert. A few minutes later, the Republican presidential candidate appeared in the corner at one end of the arena. As the music faded, a clear, crisp voice from the speakers announced his presence, and then he made his way onto the court. Walking with his wife and daughter, John McCain moved down a navy blue carpet laid along the end line of the basketball court. Near the spot where the goal would have hung, they paused, 
waved to the crowd, then made their way toward center court. There, a podium stood atop a newly constructed dais. The candidate and his family stepped slowly toward it, still waving to the crowd as they went. As he reached the podium, McCain paused again and scanned the crowd. His wife and daughter, looking excited and nervous, stepped back, hands folded at the waist. This was his day, his moment. No one wanted it more for him than they did. After a minute or two to accept the crowd's adulation, McCain stepped to the podium and opened his mouth to speak. Just then, a chorus of male voices rose from his right, singing a hearty rendition of Happy Birthday. McCain seemed to relish the singers, even though they sounded like drunken sailors, and seemed glad they had remembered the day. As the song faded, he turned again to...